The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. You probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Dr. Rick. But what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stack and Talks. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill, and we have plenty to get to this week. Look, there's OTAs going on. Most of these teams are in uh, the second of three OTAs, and they'll hit mandatory minicamp. But we're not going to focus on OTAs this week because, frankly, not a lot has happened. Luckily, there haven't been a ton of injuries as there were last week. So we're going to kind of spin it forward. We're going to look ahead, and we're going to talk about three things throughout the podcast. We're going to start off with Who's under the most pressure this year? And, and we're going to focus on individuals, although we could delve into teams as this thing goes on. Uh, I have two guys in mind that, to me, are under the most pressure. Then we're going to talk about what is being kind of thrown around in the league, which is an 18-game schedule. Obviously, in a few years, the labor agreement runs out between the NFL and the Players Association. So a lot of things are going to be on the table. We're going to talk about that. And then you know the players talking tough, saying they might, they might strike. I got plenty on that. We'll get to that. Uh, learned a lot about some of the intricacies there when I was in Atlanta for the Super Bowl. And then finally, we'll wrap up with each of us will give one team that is a wild card in each of the conferences. And so uh, I'll leave it at that. Let's get into the first thing. Jump right in. Hill, of anybody going into the 2019 season, who's the guy or, or who are the players or who's the team who you feel is under the most pressure to succeed and to win big come September and beyond? I've got three teams, and they're not necessarily – well, they're all across the board. I've got the Bears, I've got the Rams, and I've got the Saints, who are all three teams that I focus on when I think about where is the pressure. Like if something – if these teams underperform, we're going to hear the most about it. Like, yeah, I mean, there's pressure on the Patriots, and there's pressure on the Chiefs and the Steelers. Like, but – the Bears, after what they did last year and the way that their season ended and the changes that they didn't make on defense or the replacements they didn't make on defense for the pieces that they lost, 
everybody's expecting them to win the NFC North again. They're, oh, they're going to go 11-5. and five. This is going to be another big step. They could very well go 8-8. Eight and eight. They and are a regression candidate. That's not going to be good. They're like the Jaguars were after they went to the AFC Championship game. I think that they're going to bounce back where the Jaguars necessarily didn't. Um, and the same thing can be said for the Saints. The way that their season ended two years in a row, you get the Minneapolis Miracle two years ago, and then last year you get the uh, NFC Championship game non-call, the pass interference call. How do you bounce back from that? Because, again, we've talked about this before. Going into the season, I'd have them as a favorite to come out of the NFC if everything clicks. And there's immense pressure with that because if Drew Brees all of a sudden falls off the cliff like all quarterbacks over 40 eventually do, what happens? What does the offense look like without Ingram in there and it's just Kamara? Like, there's a lot of questions here. This, also, they could go 9-7. and seven. It might not be a 13-3 and three year. And then the same thing for the Rams. I don't think it happens this year. But it, I mean, nothing lasts forever. And at some point, Sean McVay is going to get figured out. And I don't think he completely gets figured out this year, but somebody's going to find a blueprint to say, we're going to beat these guys. And you were at the Bears game here in Chicago last year where the Bears kind of did that. I mean, it was cold. There was a lot of elements at play there. Yeah. But yeah. at some point, the invincibility of Sean McVay is going to evaporate. I don't think that it's going to be fatal and all of a sudden the Rams are going to finish last. But I don't think that they're going to be this force that everybody thinks they're going to be because, again, Super Bowl hangovers are real. And the Rams could very well suffer that. This year. Those are three teams that I think keep an eye on. Let's, let's temper expectations. I really like all three of those, actually. And with the Bears, I'd actually even narrow it down. I, I'd say Trubisky mm, because yeah. I think the defense is still going to be very good. Maybe not quite what it was last year. They did have a few losses and Fangio's not there anymore. But, I mean, to me – Trubisky has to be better. Mm-hmm. And if he's not better, you're going to start... You know, I think right now there's almost this honeymoon period with the Bear fan because you're saying, hey, look, they won a division, they won 12-4, and four. we hadn't been good in a while. Mm-hmm. If he takes a step back or he doesn't take a step forward, then I think you're going to start seeing people go, well, this guy's holding us back. Yep. And we could have taken Mahomes. We could have taken a Watson, yep. and we didn't. We took you, and you're the problem. You're the reason we're not winning. So I, I agree with you there. The Saints I almost actually picked. and I, I actually went with three AFC things. So this is going to balance well. There but <laughs> um, I actually I totally agree with you on the Saints. You got Drew Brees. He's 40 years old. Mm-hmm. And when he's done, they're done. So, and, oh, yeah. and I have a feeling Sean Payton's done, yeah. at least in New Orleans. <laughs> he's so. not sticking around to see what Teddy Bridgewater does. No, he's pulling <laughs> the parachute. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. We did it. We time traveled to yesterday. Wait, Progressive covers us 24-7, but we just created an eight-day week, and it's 24-7 coverage, not 24-8. We gotta go back. Are you joking right now? Shh, I'm calling them. Hi, I have a question about time travel. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. <laughs> he's going to Dallas is where he's going if he goes I anywhere. I totally agree. So. I think that's where he is going to go. Um, and then with the Rams, look, you actually mentioned that Rams-Bears game I was at. One interesting note about that game, I remember sitting in the press box. It was brutally cold, maybe 10 degrees. I don't even know if it was that. And Goff had a hand warmer on. And he was sitting, you know, behind center, obviously in the shotgun, standing behind center. And... He would put his hands in the hand warmers the entire play clock until the ball's ready to get snapped. And then he'd pull his hands out. <laughs> the, the Bears were just teeing off on him. And nobody mentioned this. And I'm so annoyed with myself that I didn't lead my column with it that week. Because in my head, I thought, well, everybody has to be seeing this. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, I'm sure I'm not the only person who did. But I, I'm the only person I think who wrote about it. And I just remember thinking, like, 
how is nobody on the sideline telling God, hey, get your hands out Don't of your hand that. warmer? <laughs> yes. You can't hard count anybody when your hands aren't out. If you go back and watch the tape, it happens every snap. But to get to the ones that I want to point out, there's two in the AFC West and there's one in the North. For the team, I have two individuals, one team. The team, to me, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I'm going to talk about a little bit later on, so I won't go too in-depth, but mm-hmm. to focus more Tomlin and Roethlisberger. Ooh, Roethlisberger has been getting killed in the media, and frankly, deservedly so, because he says one stupid thing after the next. But I like the way he's handled himself this offseason. Stop doing the radio show. He's, he's decided, hey, look, I'm, I'm going to try to have a better relationship with some of my weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Now, maybe that's just damage control, but I at least think those are positive steps. We'll see if they make a difference for him going forward. Because, look, he's not any spring chicken either. He's in his late 30s, and he's trying to win one more title. And Tomlin... Now, it's hard to say a Steelers head coach is on the hot seat because they're so patient, but that thing has gone sideways the mm-hmm. last couple of years. Even when they've been winning, it's been a nonstop soap opera. The The two individuals, though, that I want to get to, Philip Rivers is one for me. Uh, I believe he turns 38 in December, and he's never won a Super Bowl. He's never been to a Super Bowl. He hasn't been to an AFC title game since 2007. So, That's right. Wow. I mean, time's ticking. And that team has a terrific roster. I don't think they're the best team in that division because I don't think they can get to a gear the Chiefs can get to. But I think that they're really close. And if there's a couple of breaks that go their way, if there's a bad injury for Kansas City, or if they just surprise me, they're a little better than I think they are. I mean, the the Chargers are absolutely a Super Bowl contender. And so if you're Phillip Rivers... You don't have the excuse that some quarterbacks have had in the past. You say, well, they're just not as good as some of these other teams. He had great teams when he became a starter. That team was as loaded as any team with Schottenheimer and Tomlinson. And, of course, the Chargers fired Schottenheimer to replace him with North Turner, which just ridiculous. But the point remains, this year's team seems really good. Yeah. And if he wants to be a surefire Hall of Famer, if he wants to be considered one of the greats, you got to win one. You got to at least get to one. So I think that's a thing to think about. Also, staying in that division, Andy Reid. Yeah. Andy Reid is a surefire Hall of Famer. Might even be a first ballot Hall of Famer if he wins the Super Bowl. He's gotten close for years and years and years. To me, and I think he'd tell you this, this is the best team he's ever had. They are loaded offensively. They have a 23-year-old MVP at quarterback who's, who should only get better, maybe not statistically, but in terms of running the offense and dictating play. Uh, and then defensively, they're clearly better. The Chiefs are the Super Bowl favorites in Vegas for the first time in their history. This team, even with the stuff going on with Tyreek Hill, and right now you would think at some point he will be on that team. Now, we can talk about the morality of it, but from a football standpoint, it's going to be there, it looks yeah. like. Whether or not he serves a suspension, whatever. It looks like he'll be there when when the weather's getting colder. So the Chiefs are absolutely loaded. And I'll tell you, as someone who's followed the team for 25 years, this is the first time in my life it's Super Bowl or bust with them. It, like last year going to the AFC title game, that was a win. They go to the title game and lose this year, nobody's going to care. Yep. And it's going to start being, well, why can't they get over the hump? So for me, those... Two play well, coach and player, and then the Steelers. I look at them and say, "You better get it done. You better prove something, mm-hmm. or there could be a problem." I'll throw one more out, and then we can move to the next topic. Uh, Freddie Kitchens, 
Oh, I like that's that. going to be I one like that. that we've kind of it's simmered down a little bit because the Browns aren't as topical as they were when they're trading for. He's going to be the scapegoat if they're not good. But if there's a franchise where you can look at and say they have no problem firing a guy after one year, like Mike Pettin says hello, <laughs> like Rob Chudzinski says hello, <laughs> like good <laughs> lord. So and I, I'm not I'm rooting for Freddie Kitchens. So mostly because. And I love this, that everybody says that he is number one on the power ranking of a Browns head coach who looks just like a Browns fan (laughs) or a fan (laughs) that accidentally got the head coaching job. Like he looks like he just got pulled out of the dog pound. Um, I'm rooting for Freddie Kitchens, but I know there's going to be a lot of pressure on him because if they start two and two or, you know, they're, you know, three and five middle of the season, there's going to be lots of questions asked about him because that's a lucrative job and they gave it to him. So... We'll see where the pressure, what the pressure does to him and where the pressure is as we get into the season. Well, and you're right with Kitchens because they have a really good GM. They have a ton of talent on that roster. So the obvious thing is going to be, hey, what, what happened here? What is wrong? Why is this not working? And their schedule early, I'll tell you right now, their first nine games, it is rough. Man. They start out with Tennessee at home, okay, mm-hmm. at the Jets on a Monday night. That could be interesting. They host the Rams on Sunday Night Football. They're at the Ravens, at the Niners, home to Seattle, at New England, at Denver. That's four road games in five weeks. New England, San Francisco, Baltimore, Denver. And Denver, while I don't think it's good, it's always a hard place to play. Oh, yeah. That is a a rough slate. Mm -hmm. That is a really rough slate early on. So take that for what it's worth. A couple honorable mentions. Adam Gase. Also was on my list. The pressure is beyond (laughs) on. Okay, coming from New York, believe me. The pressure, if they lose a preseason game, there's going to be people screaming. Um, So he's one guy. I look at Jimmy Garoppolo as another one. Another good one. I thought one guy you were going to go with, Jameis Winston. Well, yeah. It's now or never, man. Like you have Arians coaching that team. It's now or never. So to me, uh, he's another guy, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Uh, And Zimmer, really, if you want to even extend Mm -hmm. that. and then one that kind of goes under the radar, and I'll leave it at this, Carson Wentz. Ooh. Better win. Interesting. Better, better stay healthy. Because if he's not healthy or he doesn't look good and they go 7-9 and nine and Nate Sudfeld's now the backup, not great. Not great. So just a, a few little items for thought. So, all right, as we said, we talk about some of this stuff with the 18-game schedule and the labor. I know some fans are probably really excited about that. Other fans are already hitting the, the button that goes to mm-hmm. the next topic, and that's fine. But look, this stuff matters, right? Like, we have two more years, and then there's going to be a situation where there's a new CBA. The last one that we're in currently right now, it runs 10 years, and it's been fine. The NFL's been more profitable than ever. They've been doing well. But there are some topics that have to be discussed, and we'll lead off here. The 18-game schedule, let's just, what are your thoughts on an 18-game schedule? I... I'm of two minds of it. The, we constantly talk about CTE and all this kind of stuff. So on that side, you're like, do we really want to extend the season longer than it has to be? The other side of me is it makes sense because the NFL... You're, ideally, you're shortening the preseason, so that's fine because those games are essentially meaningless anyways. Give us more meaningful games. It's a bigger revenue share for the NFL, and it also could help the players out a little bit more if they're able to get some financial return from a longer season. We're starting to see the tides turning already with the Earl Thomases and the Antonio Browns of the world who are saying, I'm the product, man. <laughs> like, Pay me. 
or you know, you're not going to have the product anymore. So if you're going to extend the season to 18 games, two extra games a year, um, you're going to have to pay the players a little bit more. So I, from a selfish standpoint, I like it because I like football. So <laughs> give me more. The other thing then, too, is what does that do to the Super Bowl? Because we're pushing it back further into February towards President's Day weekend, I believe. So then the Super Bowl is this four-day weekend event. You can have it on the Monday. It's Monday night, President's Day night, all weekend long. You're hyping the Super Bowl. I think that it, the underrated part of pushing the season to 18 games is that it makes the Super Bowl, or the Super Bowl even more of an event than it already is because you're putting it on a holiday weekend, and all of a sudden, it's you own President's Day. That's that's incredible for the NFL, and I think that that's almost the end game here. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point, um, and and certainly something that the NFL is looking at mm-hmm. the other side of this is to the NFL saying, Hey, if we can get to that point. We shorten the off season by two weeks. Also true. So you're compacting the tag, the franchise tag you know, designations and free agency and the draft and the schedule and all these things. Right. How do you make a radio ad for an 8k TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K, unreasonably good. My concern with it is, okay, so the safety is what everybody's going to say, and mm-hmm. that's fine. It's a valid concern. My concern is one of the NFL's biggest attributes is that every game matters. Every game's incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are some games as you get later in the schedule where two teams are totally out of it or something, and that happens. But 16 games, it's just everything means so much. Every Now, look. Are you ruining that by going two games more? No, probably not, because you went from 14 to 16 in, mm. in 1978, and, and things worked out okay. And they expanded the playoff field a few times since then. Um, I personally like to see them stick at 16. I'm not going to be complaining if I get two more games of football. I will say this. If they're going to do that, and I'm sure this would be part of the negotiation, then they got to shorten the preseason. Yeah. Oh, you, you can't. I mean, you're talking a situation where, let's say a wildcard team were to make the Super Bowl. You'd be playing 26 games. Yeah. You can't. You can't do it. I think you'd have to at least cut it down by a game, at least. And then you'd have to say, look, if you're going to do that, maybe you add in a second bye week, something like that. Um, But again, then you start getting toward where if you do that, then does it throw off your schedule at the end of the year where you're trying to get the end of the game, the Super Bowl and President's Day? So. I think they should stick with 16 games. That's just my opinion. I don't have a huge issue if they move it to 18. I think at some point that's somewhat inevitable. They're mm-hmm. just going to do it. And this is one thing a, a, a general manager told me uh, over the weekend that I thought was really interesting. I, my column that came out on Monday, Stack in the Box, uh, the written version, uh, came out about the combine in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. And they may move it out of here after the next two years because that's when the the lease, so to speak, is up. And one GM said to me, look, one of the biggest reasons they want to do this and they want to auction the combine off the highest bidder is Goodell years ago said that by 2027, they are going to hit $25 million or $25 billion rather in revenue. Mm -hmm. And Goodell's scrambling to find ways to make that work because he promised the owners that that was going to be the case. And they're moving toward that, but they could use some, some, you know, help well, two more games, the TV packages are going to cost exponentially more money. And you're going to sell more merchandise. And you're going to sell more beer at the games. And you're going to get more gate and more parking and all the rest of it. So, look, yeah, I mean, 
it makes sense. Uh, and, and by the way, in that vein, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they try to expand the playoff field. Mm-hmm. And I do not want them to do that. Because one thing that is great about the NFL is except for the rare year where you get an 8-8 eight and eight team, everybody's good. There's no tomato cans like there are in the NBA. Get these teams that are like 37 and 45 as yeah. the eight seed playing the Warriors. And the series <laughs> is over two minutes in. So I, 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 I don't want them to expand the playoff field. If they want to go 18 games, I think you have to modify some other things. Maybe expand the rosters a little bit. Maybe you give a second bye week um, and you shorten the preseason. But I, I think that, look, that's going to be on the table every single time there's a CBA agreement coming up and eventually it's going to be passed yeah and look going to a longer season like you said it's going to be inevitable and my other concern is we're going to get to the end of the year and we're going to have while you're extending the season yes for teams that matter and you're leaving that playoff window open you're also going to get you know the Raiders and the Broncos playing in week 18 or week 17 with another week to go and I was like really like we're going to have to have two more games of that like Nobody's watching the Panthers and the Bucks in Week 17 when nothing is on the no. line. Um, and I, unless at that point you jimmy how the draft works and you want to make those games meaningful for the bad teams, I don't know if you want to do it that way. But that opens up a whole different can of worms. But look, I'm with you. The season's getting extended. It's going to eventually happen. I'm dying on the hill that this is all an end game to have the Super Bowl literally be a national holiday. Because if you put it on President's Day. Should be anyway. Nobody goes to school. And that's, that's the thing. That's what they're trying to do. It's on a weekday, Monday, prime time, Monday night. It's a holiday already. Just commandeer it. So, yeah. There you hey, go. Um, I'll, I'll finish up this topic with this. So when I was in Atlanta for the Super Bowl, uh, what, I don't know how many months ago now, four months ago, um, one thing that I, I went to, among many, was the NFLPA had, I don't, not a seminar, that would be the wrong word, but a little bit of an open press conference to the media. They kind of had their state of the union, if you will. And one thing that they talked about was, look, we are making sure that our players have money. So if there's Mm -hmm. a lockout or a stoppage of any kind, the the strike, they're going to be able to withstand it. And one of the things they talked about was, hey, this isn't the only thing we're doing, but we're calling it Madden money, which means each player – every year on average gets about $17,000 from NFL royalties. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're talking again, obviously Madden games being the biggest one, but there's other things as well. And so the NFL PA made the decision to withhold these checks the last four years of the CBA so that when the time comes, they can cut a $68,000 check to each player. The idea being that you can live off 68 grand for a year, even if you've completely mismanaged all your other funds. That's all good in theory. Here's the problem with that. First of all, if you've only been in the league for two years, you're not getting a $68,000 check. You're getting a $34,000 check. Yeah. And you're living off a rookie contract. Now, granted, rookie contract for the average American is incredible. Okay. But it's less. Second part of that is these are guys, on, in a lot of cases, who are used to going out to dinner and dropping five grand. Mm-hmm. Okay. These guys aren't going to dinner at Applebee's. No. All right. No. So... This whole idea that oh, they're going to live off 68 grand. They're not me. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no chance that's happening. And by the way, a lot of these guys, the taxes on their properties are more than 68 grand a year. So the idea that that money is going to suffice is insane. Now, 
you could talk about, well, hey, these guys, if they manage their money, they should be in good shape. And, and yeah, no question. And a lot of them will be. But it doesn't matter if a lot of them are. If 20% of the league isn't in financial shape where they can sit out, then the, there's no lockout. Mm-mm. Because if 20% of the guys are like, look, we're not doing this, it's over. And the other thing is, look, the NFL's average career, four years. Guys are going to sit out a year and miss 25% of their career? No. Especially when you're earning pay. It's not like our, like our earning power. Look, fans are pass or 70, okay, <laughs> which they're not going to, but they could. You're an NFL player. You have a very limited window to make major money. And then after that, guess what? You're done. You're done. That's it. You might get a pension if you qualify. Uh, it, it's, it's not easy for NFL players to hold out. It's, you're not talking about fully guaranteed contracts like you are in other sports. I think the biggest things you're going to see change, I think marijuana is going to be made legal for NFL players to mm-hmm. use. And I think you're going to see this judge, jury, and executioner stuff with Goodell go by the wayside. There's going to be an actual process put in place. I don't think you're going to see a huge shift in the percentage of the revenues that the players get. I don't, I don't think you're going to see some, some seismic shift in, in guaranteed contracts. I think the biggest things will be the two things I just mentioned and perhaps an 18-game schedule. And you're going to go forward. And nobody's going to kill the golden goose because the NFL right now, more money than ever before is coming into the coffers. The owners know that and the players know that. And nobody's given up that amount of money to make a point. It's not going to happen. Uh, so I wouldn't worry about that. Oh, in two years, you're going to not have football. Look, you're going to hear all these people saying you should be worried. You should be nervous. There's, there's a lot of acrimony. There's a lot of acrimony all the time. And they're going to figure it out because they have more money than God to divvy up. Okay, they're okay. I really, really, really would not worry about it. Uh, but I'll I'll leave it uh, at that unless you have anything else on the uh, labor side of things. No, I'm ready for wild cards. Wild cards. Let's All right. do it. He'll lead her off. Uh, who do you have? All right. So we're talking AFC and NFC wild cards. One team mm-hmm. each conference who could really enter the fray and become a major force come January, or who could go seven and nine. Uh, who you got? I am dying on this hill. In a, in a lot of the same way that I did the Jaguars two years ago, or when we were doing this before the season, I said that the defense was going to be a top five defense. You were right. You underestimated him. So yeah. it was the AFC Championship game. Blake Bortles bortled all over himself. And yeah, yeah, he did. Kind of screwed that up. But in the same vein, I'm dying on the hill that the Buffalo Bills are going to have a renaissance this year. And this is going to be, a, I think this will be a popular pick among people as we get closer to the season. But you look at what they did in the offseason. They added, Cole Beasley isn't a sexy pick to add in free agency, but he's a guy that you could see having an impact. They've got to get Josh Allen better. He's looked good last year. We know he can run. He's a mobile quarterback. The accuracy thing is still a question. If you're going to play a dink and dunk offense, Cole Beasley and those kind of guys, good to have there. And then defensively, I like what they did. They drafted that Oliver. You've got, you know, Sean McDermott's there. He's a guy who's going to really bring it together. Two years ago, we saw him bring it together, and then they blew up the entire team. Now I feel like they have a team in his vision. The EJ or the uh, Tyrod Taylor team was not in his vision. This team, I think, is more along the lines of where he wants to be. And then I'll point you to their schedule. Their first five games before their bye week, and we say this all the time, got to get those wins early. They start against the Jets, the Giants, and the Bengals. That's three and zero right there. <laughs> is the Jets a- games at in Buffalo? Uh, well, the first two games are in Jersey. 
So they play the Jets and the Giants back-to-back in, in, gotcha. in East Rutherford. And then they, they host the Bengals. Then they host the Patriots, which will be a loss. But you're 3-1 and one at that point. And then you go to Tennessee, which at that point you could win. So you could be heading into your bye week with four wins. Here's a hot take for you. Tannehill starting that game enough because Mariota's injured. <laughs> well, that's, Here's your hot I like take that. right there. And then coming out of the bye week, Miami. Like, I mean, the, the Bills have a very winnable schedule this year. I very much see them controlling the wild card in the AFC. I, it's going to be Buffalo, and I think it's going to be, depending on how things go, either Kansas City or the Chargers for that second wild card spot. Probably the Chargers. But Buffalo, big time in the AFC. They're the team that I'm dying on the hill on early here. They're my sleeper pick. Okay. I, I like that pick a lot. Look, you know what? I... You, you know this, but I, I talked to Brandon Bean for a story that ran mm-hmm. on Fanside of last week. Uh, and great guy, really, really intelligent, and talked about, look, you know, we know Josh Allen's got to be better mm-hmm. in terms of accuracy, but we love a lot of things about him. And we also feel like part of the reason his accuracy numbers were down, guy's not always running the right routes. But the biggest thing, and he made Allen take ownership of this, was, look, there's times where he just throws the ball uh, into windows that he shouldn't be throwing them to when he can just take a, a check down and complete an easy pass for six yards rather than trying to gun one in there for 20. Right. And I think that was really astute, and he's right. He's, you know, it was a, it was a good uh, conversation starter about Allen and where he needs to go and what he needs to do, and I think that's number one for him. He has to just learn, hey, take that check down. Don't be afraid to dump it down to the tight end. And this time, th- this year, as you pointed out, they have more weapons. I love John Brown being in, in Buffalo. Yeah. Because he's a deep ball threat. And what can Josh Allen do? He can throw the ball. When you have an arm like that, you need to be able to stretch the field vertically and scare teams. And John Brown can do that. And they didn't have that last year. Their best receiver last year was Robert Foster. (laughs) This is real life. And like nothing is Robert Foster, who actually was was really nice at the end of the year. But come on now. Robert Foster can't be your number one, maybe be a three. So I I like what they did. I totally agree with you. I think Buffalo is going to push for a wild card spot. I think they're going to be right in the mix. Uh, And... That game week one, if they beat the Jets week one, yeah, I, they will be 3-0. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, you could be looking at the Bills and going, hey, what's going on here? My AFC team, I kind of gave it away just a little earlier, but Pittsburgh. Mm. I could see Pittsburgh going 7-9, and this thing being a complete and utter tire fire, and I could see Pittsburgh going 11-5 and and being the team that absolutely nobody wants to face in the playoffs. Roethlisberger, say what you want about the guy, and God knows we have over the years here, but he was the passing champion last year people yep. forget that he threw for over 5100 yards now they don't have antonio brown Le'Veon bell he's basically been gone for two years but he's he's now gone officially i don't know what the steelers are going to be and that's why they're my wild card i look at them and i think roethlisberger is still a very good quarterback tomlin when all the nonsense isn't going on he he's still a good coach i like james connor i love smith schuster mm-hmm. their offensive line's terrific I look at the Steelers and think that's a team that could still be a, a big, big factor in the AFC. I don't think they're Kansas City. I don't think they're New England. But would I be absolutely shocked if they played one of those two teams in the divisional round and, and took them to the limit and maybe even upset them? No, I wouldn't be because of who the quarterback is and because of the experience they have. The biggest question I have with Pittsburgh is, A, can they cut the nonsense out? Mm, Brown's yeah. not there anymore. Bell's not there anymore. But Roethlisberger's still a big part of the nonsense. He's there. Steven Nelson, who just showed up, he can't stop talking. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, as someone who watched Steven Nelson for years, <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> stop talking. You're a disaster. He was a train wreck in Kansas City. 
They let him go and replaced him with Bashad Breeland, who frankly I think is better than him. And Steven Nelson, who look, is he is a decent corner. I'm not saying he's terrible, mm-hmm. but he's not an all pro, he's not a pro baller, and he just can't stop talking. It's enough. If the Steelers can just shut their mouths and play football, I think they're a pretty good team. And everybody is overlooking him. I can't believe this is a real sentence because of the Browns. But <laughs> welcome you know, to reality. But, but like you mentioned, Freddie Kitchens earlier, what yeah. happens if that thing goes sideways and they're just not that good? I mean, there's a real possibility that happens, and they go seven and nine. Look, it's one thing to be this cute, lovable loser that has no expectations. It's quite another to be going into the season and everybody thinks, "Hey, you better be." How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. In the playoffs, you better win your division. And the Browns, and I like the Browns. I'm picking them to win the division. So don't misconstrue this. But Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, who I I think is terrific, can't stop beefing with Colin Cowherd. Stop beefing with Colin Cowherd. Like, who cares? Right. Odell Beckham can't be bothered to show up to OTAs, and nobody on this team's ever won anything. So there's not a, exactly some ironclad lock in the AC North. So I'm taking Pittsburgh because I could see it going sideways. I could also see them being very good. I agree with all of those points, and I kind of have similar things about my NFC pick. Uh, I'm going to the South. I'm, I almost went to the Eagles because the things that we talked about, you kind of touched on the Wentz thing. Um, but I think a bigger wild card in the same vein as the, uh, the Steelers is the Atlanta Falcons. They're my pick for the NFC because last year we watched that the, they just got decimated in injuries that opening game. The injuries killed them. They were a good team and they are a good team, but this has kind of been a question for them. Even in the Super Bowl year, it's like, well, what are they? Like, I don't know what the Falcons are. So you're bringing in. You're bringing back, I guess you could say, Dirk Cutter. He's the offensive coordinator. Is he going to be able to kind of tap back into that Kyle Shanahan year where you know Matt Ryan's the MVP and all this? What offensively, I don't know what's going on. They have Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu, and Austin Hooper. Like that is not a murderer's row of receivers. If you're looking at everything else, I mean Matt Ryan is what he is. But at some point, you know, we're not having the he's past forty falling off the cliff thing. But we are entering the Matthew Stafford. You know, is he has he peaked? Have we have we already seen the best years of uh, Matt Ryan's career? And now you're going to have to put pieces around him to supplement his talent. Of which Austin Hooper. I'm sorry, I don't know you personally, but you know that's. He's not Gronk. <laughs> no, he's not. So, and then defensively, they're a good team because that's Dan Quinn's bread and butter. But again, the injuries really killed them last year. What are they going to be? They start the season at Minnesota, home against Philly, at Indianapolis. That's not an easy stretch of games to start. Like, you start one and two, that's not going to be a good start. So, look, the Falcons, they're my pick in the NFC. As a Bucks fan, I would personally like to watch them go one and 15. But. Give me the Falcons as my wild card because again, just like you said with the Steelers, it's either going to go really well, they're going to be twelve and four, they're going to be comp- or eleven and five, competing with the Saints, who again, if Drew Brees falls off, Falcons very well could win the division, or this could be like what we saw last year, where it's like, what is going on here? Like I, yeah. the offense isn't working. Julio Jones is frustrated and pissed off, and it's just nothing's working. That's a good call. Uh, I'll go with with the following: Is the pack back? Or is the pack whack? <laughs> that, that, that's how I'm leading this whole thing off. I don't care. Um, the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, who's still 
young enough to be great. He's 35, but in today's NFL, he's playing, but he's he's dealt with a lot of injuries recently. Yep. He's dealt with Mike McCarthy. Now he's not dealing with Mike McCarthy. And, and every Packers fan I know and every Packers Twitter follower has been screaming at me for six months. They've been bad because of McCarthy. They've been bad because, well, we're going to find out. Because yeah. if McCarthy's gone now, and they have Matt LaFleur. And all I've heard is how great Matt LaFleur is going to be. And I have nothing against Matt LaFleur. You've been, my Damn God, right. you've basically been his agent <laughs> for the last three years. I, I'm excited to see how it plays out. And that's why they're my wild card. I think they could absolutely win that division. Mm-hmm. I can see the Bears taking a step back. I can see Green Bay going 12-4 and four and being a team that when they go into January and you got to go in a Lambeau, mm-hmm. you're like, man, I, <laughs> it's a rough spot. I could also see this being where Rodgers gets hurt again or Rodgers doesn't like the offense and mm-hmm. some of his teammates start sniping about Rodgers because they don't like his style. This is going to sound ridiculous. And I, off the top, will admit that if I heard this come out of somebody else, I'd kind of like shake my head a little bit. And so coming from me, you really should shake your head. When, when the Bucks were playing in the playoffs against the Raptors before they got mm-hmm. bodied out of there in six games, Game five was in Milwaukee, and they showed they kept showing David Bakhtiari just chucking beers in the mm-hmm. jumbotron, right? And he's framing what doesn't know he's a left tackle. And then they showed Rodgers, and Rodgers tried to chuck a beer, and it didn't work out so well. But he tried, and he was having like a really good time with it. And it kind of struck me as he just seemed kind of carefree and loose yeah. and happy, and it, he never looks that way, mm-hmm. or very rarely looks that way. And then. That off of when he was breaking down Game of Thrones for two minutes at his locker yep. and talking about how he would have liked to have seen it end, he just seems in a better place. Maybe he is. Maybe he's not. I don't know. I don't know the man personally. I've never talked to Aaron Rodgers, but just seems that way. And think about yourself as just a human being. If you're in a better mood, if things are going well for you personally, professionally, like, huh? you know, those, those things tend to turn into momentum. So I think the Packers are really good. I love the way they've built up this young secondary. Uh, they they were able to get Adrian Amos from the Bears. They have yep. they have Jackson and they have Alexander on the corners, second year guys. Uh, they they added Darnell Savage. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big Rashawn Gary guy. We'll see. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. But to me, look, Green Bay is all talent in the world. Yep. And it's now or never with them. It really is. If, if this thing, if they go eight and eight this year, you have to start saying maybe this is just the end. Maybe the window's closed. But. Green Bay is my NFC pick. I like that. I've got Green Bay bouncing back in a big way, both because I have like three beach houses with the stock I bought you, in Matt Lafleur stock. I'm gonna I'm gonna chapter eleven here if <laughs> he flames <laughs> out in in Green Bay, but we'll see how it goes because I, I see them bouncing back because of the Aaron Rodgers thing. A lot of what you were saying. I don't know if he's actually back or if this is all whack. Like he's uh, it's all it's all damage control because of the whole the Bleacher Report article and everything that's come out about him. I don't know if it part of me is with you and I say, Oh yeah, it seems like he is relaxed, it's a new situation, he's entering this with an open mind, which is glorious if you're Matt LaFleur and you're the Packers front office. Part of me also says this seems like a hard overcorrection of, yeah, you know, I like Game of Thrones. I'll be the goofy guy who can't chug a beer at a, you know, the Bucks game and all this kind of stuff. It seems like maybe we're trying a little too hard to be like Aaron Rodgers has a soul. And I don't need him to have a soul. I need him to win football games. You need him to not break another part of his body. It's true. Um, the most underrated part of the whole chugging thing, too, was Matthew Stafford just like sitting in a restaurant <laughs> and just start chugging himself. You can almost hear that like, Hello, darkness, my old friend. You know, it was uh, everybody's like he's trying to show up Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, nah, he's just drinking because Matt Patricia's. Yeah, coach. I was going to say, he's, yeah, he just looked at the roster. Um, okay, look. So 
As always, thank you so much for listening to Stack in the Box. We're here each and every week throughout the NFL season. Of course, with those those couple weeks every year where, where Hill and I are off on vacation. But by and large, we're here. We'll be here next week again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors at Fanatics. They do a tremendous job. Check them out at fanatics.fanside.com. Save uh, 10% on shipping when you use the code word FANSIDED. Uh, look, anything, anything you want as a fan, you can get it from there. So go to Fanatics. Check them out. They take care of you. Um, please check out my column, Stack in the Box. It runs Mondays at 6 o'clock Eastern, and it's up all day long. Uh, you know, and, and so there's actually a, a community of people who constantly comment on it. And so if you are at work and you're like, I don't want to be at work, you can just sign in and talk all day long with these people. They talk sports. They talk all kinds of different topics. Uh, and they're great. They hold me accountable. I read the comments. And sometimes they're, they're positive, and sometimes <laughs> they let me have it. And that's fine. I appreciate that. That's good. Um, but yeah, so check out Stack in the Box. Also, of course, I'd be remiss. You get the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Final going on yep. right now, and there is a ton of great coverage across the board for us from hockey to baseball to basketball to golf to soccer. We've got Champions League coming mm-hmm. on June 1st. Uh, there's just entertainment. So go to fanside.com, check that out. Uh, it's not just Hill and I. It's uh, a whole <laughs> army. Because if it was just Hill and I, the lights would have been off years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so. Check that out. Make sure to read it. Um, and please, subscribe to this podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. Uh, and follow us on Twitter, at Stacking the Box, uh, where we always tweet out the latest episodes. And when the season comes around, we'll be tweeting more and more football-related stuff, just kind of thoughts and comments. So, in any event, that is my spiel at the end. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back again next week. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com.